Hey everybody, thanks for coming to another episode of My Angular Story. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron Frost with Hero Devs, and I'm here. This week our guest is Craig Spence. G'day. 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 <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. He's, uh, he's a cool guy. Uh, why don't you, for those who don't know you, just go ahead and describe yourself. Uh, hey, everyone. Um, I'm Craig. I'm not Australian. Um, I'm, from, I'm from New Zealand originally. Currently, I'm living in uh, Stockholm. I'm working for Spotify, but my past is, is Angular. So yep. here hanging out at uh, Angular Denver. Yeah, it's interesting doing, uh, these, doing these podcasts live. Like with the person in the room is a little interesting. Norm yeah. Normally it's just, I'm at my desk with my headphones on and and I just kind of zone into the podcast. But here it's interesting. Two people trying to like talk at the same mic, right? Yeah. <laughs> so just for those who aren't here, we're hovered over a desk in the business area around this roundish mic, both trying to we'll try to get close enough but not too close yeah we don't want to get too intimate you don't want to get too intimate but, but you're gonna be able to hear us to hear, yeah and uh i'm gonna just do this right now i'm just gonna let everyone know you will be eating while we do this podcast because I, I don't want you to like just sit here the whole time with that salad <laughs> and not take any bites i'll be around the corner yeah yeah no you can eat we don't just just no. Sam Brennan has told me that I have to have one of these salads, and so I'm having one of these salads, yeah. and we'll report back if it's good. Got some garbanzo in there. You got some... Uh, got some quinoa. Got some peri-peri tofu. Yeah. Yeah. It's a salad. Hashtag vegan life. Hashtag vegan life. He's a vegan, everybody. We went to Israel, and uh, we did a trip together, and we had to eat... We had to eat what he ate. Yeah, we so. had so, so, so much hummus. Yeah, was, we ate a lot of hummus. It was cool. It was really good. Um... All right, so this is called My Angular Story. So I know your story. You kind of share it on the podcast. Why don't you kind of tell everyone, though, hey, this is how Craig got into Angular. Yeah, that's um, it's a pretty storied history. That's a lie. It's actually not that interesting. I've, I've, I've been doing <laughs> <laughs> Angular slash AngularJS since about, about 2014. Um, I've only been programming since about 2009, which is actually 10 years ago now. Well, I don't know where that happened. Um, before before all that, I was um, deep into music and I thought I was going to be a musician and then ended up at university doing music and not enjoying it at all. Um, and so Why? Because you're not a musician? No, because I didn't want to be their type of musician. Do you hate the institution? I hate 
being told what to do artistically. Um, it was one of those things where there are a lot of rules you got to learn before you can kind of step past that. Yeah. And being a you know 18 year old, I thought I was past all that already. Yeah. Um, well, it's because you're smart when you're 18. You know. Yeah, smartest person in the world. Like you all know of us. So much stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I, I ended up kind of pivoting, and I changed university, stayed stayed in the same town. So at this point, I was living in Wellington in New Zealand, which is the capital city in New Zealand. Um, and I went from Victoria University to Massey University, and I started doing a degree which was called um, Multimedia Systems Engineering. Mm. And the kind of jam behind that was that it was... Massey. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it was um, lots of, uh, like, um, systems, like big, big systems, but also signal processing, um, computer graphics, uh, mm. audio, you know, processing, all, all those kind of things, mm. um, which kind of tweaked that creative part of my brain and also it was um, kind of my first intro into, into programming and doing some of that stuff. We, um, we did, you know, .NET really early on. Um, I remember my first Hello World, like it was yesterday, that moment of, oh my God, I, I wrote some stuff and a computer said, hello, hello. back at me. Hello. Um, like that was, yeah, I was, I was 19 at the time, I guess. Um, and that was, that was huge for me. I kind of found something that I really, really enjoyed doing pretty quick. And so I got in really deep into the programming side of that. There was lots of other interesting parts going on there. Um, but about two years into the four-year degree, they actually canceled my major um, because at that point there were only two of us who were actually in that particular major. And I think that it was costing too much. And wasn't These working. guys aren't very good anyway. So exactly. let's, just, let's just cancel yeah, it exactly. midstream on them. But it actually ended up being really fortunate because what happened was um, – I essentially got to, I got to finish my major. Um, they just didn't take any more people on, but I got to essentially pick whatever papers I wanted to do and mm. essentially self guide myself through it, which was perfect yeah. for me at the time. Yeah. Um, and Cause so, you, cause you knew everything. Well, cause I knew what I was interested in. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got to do, I got to do papers that were kind of, um, slightly more off the track of what the degree would have been otherwise. So I did things like studied some esoteric programming languages. I studied um, different computation systems. I, I did a couple of design papers. I did a, I did a sound design paper um, mm. and a whole bunch of really varied stuff that kind of kept my focus while doing programming stuff with it, mm. um, which is really cool. That's cool. And, and one of the big things from that process was um, – the, the university and this this major had a pretty strong relationship with um, we the digital, which is the company that um, that does you know, did, did the Lord of the Rings, did did Avatar, did kind of name the big beautiful movie that they've had something to do with it. And I ended up interning there, um, mm. and I was interning there helping the research rendering team work on um, some tooling for basically visual regression testing of Hollywood movies. Um, and the tool that we were using to kind of do that was written in, written in Python, but the front end of the time was in CoffeeScript. Mm. And we were making like some pretty nice visualizations, um, kind of trying to express these tests through, through, through the web. And I saw kind of, that was my first time where I saw how really powerful the web could be. Mm. And fell in love with CoffeeScript. Um, that's kind of a big thing to admit on a podcast, I guess, these days. You can um, say it. This is a judgment-free podcast. Yeah. <laughs> still love CoffeeScript. Still love CoffeeScript. Um, 
but ended up the year after that. So my final year of my degree, basically going all in on web and every paper that I had, every project that I had, I was like, I'm going to make this in JavaScript because I can put it on a website and this can be my portfolio. You know, this can yeah. be how I, how I get into, get into a real job. And so finished my degree, um, did, did pretty well, ended up um, with another internship, um, this time at a company that had actually turned down the year before. Um, so I ended up working for a company called TradeMe, which is New Zealand's um, basically biggest website. It's like their eBay. It's their eBay, yeah. It's their eBay plus their place where you go to buy a car or find a job or buy a house. It's kind of Craigslist. Craigslist, all those things, yes. Expenses list. Craig, my, my list, yeah. So trade me. Yeah, gotcha. so trade me, um, it kind of founded in like 1999, so pretty, you know, kind of old school web stuff. Um, but what they were working on at the time was a, um, a, a mobile optimized site we called Trade Me Touch. And um, my skill set happened to line up with what they were doing. Um, it was a backbone app, like kind of everything was at that point in time. And we kind of had this pretty small tight-knit team of some of my favorite people in the world and we just built that for a little while and it wasn't really that much of a priority for the company at that point in time so we just got to try cool stuff um, mm. and it, it was great we were kind of figuring out how we wanted to work together how we could deliver kind of good stuff to our users and it was great like the, the the usage kind of blossomed and grew like everything mobile was at that point in time and then Someone in that company kind of said, "Hey, this this looks like it's working. Um, how do we how do we amplify this? How do we expand on it?" And we ended up starting this process, which would be, "Hey, we've got this. You know, at the point, you know, fifteen year old site from 1999. This was this big .NET website, and we had this kind of kind of new, but already starting to crumble under some of the um, limitations of, of right. Backbone." Right. Um, and we're like, cool, how can we smush these things together? How can we do trade me responsive? Um, how can we how can we make that bigger and better? And we, you know, started looking at the technology options at this point in time. And the two kind of options we had sitting in front of us were basically keep going with backbone, um, refactor or rewrite some of it to 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 work on top of that foundation, or we could go with AngularJS. And you did. Well, I was actually anti it at this point in time guys let's not do this i got a bad feeling <laughs> no i um it, i'm not gonna lie it took it took me a bit to be convinced um huh. i had spent you know at that point 18 months getting to know backbone um having pretty good knowledge of the insides uh, of that framework of how you build an application with backbone um and you know I, i'm a developer i got attached to the technology i was using um but Eventually, we you know we landed on a whole bunch of reasons why AngularJS was kind of the right way forward for us. Um, and one of the other things that we kind of landed on at that point in time was a decision to go with TypeScript. So oh, yeah. at this point in time, Angular had been around for a few years. It was pretty proven. Um, it was what you know most most organizations were doing for their front ends at that point. But TypeScript was still brand new. I don't even yeah. think it was 1.0 when we started yeah. playing with it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But the big the big pull for us was um, we had, you know, we had this .NET application. Um, we had this, you know, a full team of people who were familiar with the patterns of .NET and um, obviously AngularJS, if you remember, was kind of um, 
I think they called it the superhero 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 um, framework MVV MVVM MVVM M whatever it was you know model view whatever I think it was model view view model yeah something like that yeah um and and those patterns were really familiar to our to our other back end you know full full stack devs at that time mm. and so we were like cool let's take Angular let's take TypeScript and let's take these patterns that we know and we should be able to build something that is reasonably straightforward for our teams to come on. Um, you know, they're not having to just go into raw JavaScript. They're going to have some of that typeset to be familiar with. Um, AngularJS is a trusted framework at this point in time. So did you migrate from Backbone or did you do a rewrite? We started from scratch. You just started from scratch. Yep. So That's interesting. This was, this was a, a super interesting project. So I did a migration from Backbone right. where we weren't able to shut down and do a rewrite. Mm -hmm. And... Um, there came a time when I had to convert it from Backbone to Angular, right? Angular Jess, obviously. No, I'm not talking about Angular. I'm talking about Angular Jess. So Backbone, Angular Jess. And um, I was kind of surprised at, at how much of the code I was able to delete and put into Angular. Like, I basically copy the Backbone and then delete like 40% of the code. Maybe no, like maybe like sixty or seventy percent of the code. Like it was, it yeah. was well more than half. Yeah, and I thought it was fantastic. Like I was, my mind was blown at how much easier AngularJS was than Backbone. Totally. And doing those conversions slowly, and every time you did it, you're like, wow, I just replaced you know eight files with two, and there's 70% less code. We've got consolidated logic. Yeah, it was, it was spent. I still remember that day. Yeah. And so people can say what they want to say about AngularJS, but at the time, man, when it came in, it was just like, wow. Revolutionary. Wow. Changed how we built something. Yeah. I remember like, as, as we were kind of evaluating the technologies, I remember um, Kinesi Latusi, one of my teammates, um, he, he took our search feature, which had taken us, you know, as a team, probably, you know, maybe two months to build and ship. And he rebuilt it in Angular in a weekend. Yeah. And like, obviously he could reuse a bunch of stuff. Of course there was, you know, yeah, he could use the CSS, exactly. yeah, yeah. consume knowledge. But yeah. um, that, that was like, okay, cool. There is, there is real productivity to be found here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and so that was, that was great. Um, so did you guys write a new site or did you just take the existing site and write it in Angular Jess. So this is this is where it started getting pretty interesting. Okay. So we we had we had this team, we had these technology decisions we've been made, we had this kind of mandate to make a you know a fast, responsive, accessible, um, easy to work on framework basically, framework for our teams to be able to shift value. Um, which is a you know in hindsight a pretty pretty lofty goal. Mm -hmm. um, but we also had like the responsive bit of this. We definitely underestimated it. There was kind of this idea in some of our heads that we could just take, you know, um, the, the touch side of the time and, and the desktop side and just kind of smush them together. It'll be easy. Yeah, super easy. It's just just smush easy. them together. Smush them together. Um, we had one designer, um, Ruth, who was incredible, but no one can do that by themselves. Yeah. And this was the problem because we had we had like five developers. And we were being super productive. We were we were building out routes. We were building out application architecture. We were mocking up, you know, consuming our APIs, mopping up, mocking up features, but without any designs. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, to to the business, it looked like we had this, um, you know, eighty percent done 
kind of pieces of work. You yeah. know, the, all the features work. You could you can buy and sell stuff and, and list items, all, all those kind of things. Um, but we still didn't really know what this thing was going to look like. Yeah. Um, and that was really hard. And I remember, you know, we, we added some more designers. Um, we acknowledged that this thing was hard. And we still kind of got stuck. You know, there was... Um, there were some organizational things that we were going through. The, the company had a bit of a restructure in the middle and there were some shifting targets and those kind of things, which was pretty, pretty hard to navigate. Um, and as a team, the morale kind of fell through the floor. We lost a few people. Um, it was, it was really rough times, but this is the first of many pretty rough times in this project, unfortunately. But one of the things that came out of that was a real acknowledgement of, um, you know, how you how you actually amplify that those design that design thinking and that that process to get to a design and that obviously led us well, maybe not obviously in hindsight obviously led us to um starting a design system and the component library okay um and so we had we had these um this application that we were building which so what were, okay so that, I, I bring up a question sorry i'm 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 literally just listening and absorbing what were you building if you weren't building reusable components, like, so what do you mean by component library? Cause as you're building an app, yeah. you're slowly carving off bits and pieces, right? And, 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 and those are components. So what you were doing wasn't building that? Like what, what were you doing instead? Sorry. So we were doing that. Okay. I think, I think the important distinction in my head um, is the intention, right? Obviously you're building an Angular app, you've got a component architecture. Yeah. Although at the time, I think we were on Angular 1.3. So maybe we didn't even have we were still directives, you know, um, at that point. But, you know, a component architecture. But the distinction I would make is that at some point it turned from being building reusable components to a conscious decision to be making reusable components, if you know what I mean. So yep. we, we were like, yep, yep. these components, they're not specific to this application. These, these components, they're not specific to this feature. Yep. We have to we have to think about it at a higher level of abstraction. Yep. Um, and, you know, we, we put it in its own repo. You know, there was a separation there. We had, oh, wow. a, we had an MPM package that you could consume. You know, some of those, those things that um, people do. That people do now. Um, yeah. and, and that worked really, really well. Um, mm. we, had, we had this incredible team. Our, our component library was called Tangram. Still is called Tangram. Um, what is it? Tangram? Tangram. Yeah. So I don't know if you're familiar What's with Tangram? it. So a Tangram is a, um, I believe, Chinese puzzle. I don't, I don't know. I should know the history of this better. Um, but there are these seven shapes. And you can kind of compose them to make a whole bunch of different shapes. So you oh. might like make a, there's like a little square and a couple of triangles and a parallelogram, those kind of things. Um, and you can combine them in oh. different ways to make different shapes. And so for a component library, that, that made a lot of sense Pretty good name, yeah. for us. Great um, name. And so we then we'd hired all these extra people or brought on board from parts of the company and we had these two teams. So we had a team who were building what we called friend. So friend was the front end. Um, and we had a team who were building Tangram. Um, they worked really closely together. We were building all this stuff. Um, we were starting to make it look like, look like a, you know, a real application. Um, at this point, we already had performance problems. I don't, don't know if anyone else has, you know, done a, a big mobile app with AngularJS. But um, getting that thing to be fast was, 
Pretty tough. Pretty tough. Yeah, we we never got that. Basically, we had too many donuts. Um, we had too many watches. If you remember those, um, just too much stuff going on to make. It did fun. you lazy load any of your code? We did. Um, so this, <laughs> I remember us going from Webpack to System back to Webpack, um, trying to get this thing <laughs> faster, trying to get um, the dev experience to match up to what the production experience was going to be like. Um, but but ultimately it was just had a lot of dom. It sounds like just a lot of dom, a lot of code. That so trade me is isn't uh, you know, I guess it was twenty this year. It's a twenty year old website with twenty years worth of features, and as an organization, not so good at turning things off. Yeah. So we had a lot of stuff we had to build. Um, and you know by this point, <laughs> so twenty fourteen we said we'd have something out in twenty fifteen. We're getting close to twenty sixteen at this point, and so then there's time pressure on top of it. We have, you know, um, other teams who are, you know, getting ready to come work on this stuff with us. And so we had... You're not ready. We weren't ready. We weren't ready at all. Um, It wasn't performing fast enough. Um, The components were awesome. Like the abstractions that we come up with and and the actual components themselves, um, they were great. But the documentation around that stuff wasn't there yet, you know, a really important part. Um, We had a bunch of custom testing stuff, which was mostly my baby um and that was working really well for us that that's how we swapped out from system to some went back to system and back to webpack without without breaking stuff um but ultimately we just had to ship something and so we shipped some stuff we rolled it out on a third domain so we had trademe.co.nz which was the main trade me site still is we had for the listeners he said <laughs> nz yeah sorry yeah trademe.co.nz for Nike New. is dead for Zealand. Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had trademe.co.nz, then we had touch.trademe.co.nz. Okay. And then we had preview.trademe.co.nz. Okay. And so preview was this this new Angular JS application. And we rolled that out to people, um, started getting some feedback, and it was brutal like Bad. you wouldn't believe i yeah like i like this is too slow or there's not enough features slow 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 uh, my grandson could have made a better website than this oh wow at repeat we Thanks. we we, we got, <laughs> new zealand's have new zealanders have a very colorful language um yeah i learned a little bit about it yeah we we actually had a slack channel but it was all just piped into um demoralizing but i've got a very tough skin now so you know yeah um <laughs> and and i'm Fortunately, the the internal feedback wasn't that great either. Um, so teams weren't enjoying building on this thing. So you're just um, getting beat up. Yeah, yeah, this was this was tough tough times. Um, we we lost a lot of respect internally. Um, we weren't delivering value for our customers externally, um, and it was really tough. Like I think to be honest, we had just been too um, too hopeful for what we could pull off with the platform. Basically, we were just too tried to do too much. Um, so, so what did you do? So, um, we were in the camp of when is Angular two going to come out? <sighs> because Angular two, you know, that there was some big promises from from the team about you know ten times faster. The thing we used to talk about, you know, some yeah. of these things. Um, and we we were really holding off for that. We were like, come on, we we need to figure this out. That you know, if we can get it ten times faster, then we can figure out some of the the other problems because yeah. we were throwing all of our brains at making it faster and we just couldn't yeah like okay i had a, was working with a team of very intelligent people and we were just bashing this against the wall at this point um huh. so that was really really brutal um 
bad feedback was coming in left, right and center. The company had started building on top of it and then stopped because it wasn't ready. Um, oh, but, but thankfully there is, there's actually a good side to the story, um, which is that. Sorry to the listeners. I didn't know this was going to be like a tragedy. I thought, yeah. <laughs> I thought we had like, uh, is it, does it end well? It ends well. Okay. It sorry. Let's well. just insert that real quick. It ends, it ends well. well. So if, right. you, if you're getting down, okay. there, there is a way through this. Um, right. So what happened was, it didn't, didn't work perfectly, I'm not going to lie. Um, my team and I, uh, we moved to another part of our office. Um, we got some space by ourselves. Um, we kind of redefined some of our goals. We re-emphasized how important performance was. We should have known that all along. Um, we re-emphasized how important the developer experience was. Did you, did you think that AngularJS would do enough for you for performance? There was no way it was ever going to. No, but is that is that what you did the first time? Not sure. the second no, time. No, yeah. The first time we the, thought... The, we the first thought, time you just kind of went, Angular's got this. Pretty much. Change detection. And it does. And that's the thing. It did to a point. Yeah. Right? And then you hit that, I think it was like that 3,000 watcher kind of point, and everything falls off, you know? Okay. Um, All right. And so at this point, Angular had, you know, started coming on the horizon. We had a few betas out. We had the RCs coming through. Um and we made an organizational decision to basically, like I said, remove ourselves to this other part of the building, um, get people from the other parts of our company to come in and work with us. Because that was one of the things that we'd missed. You know, we were, we were so focused on, on how we wanted to build an application that um, we didn't get enough feedback from the other people that were going to be working on this. So we got some representatives. We got them to come work with us. Um, we got in um, Thomas Belson. Yeah, so I'm going to pause real quick. Yeah. I'm guessing um, your manager probably took a pretty solid hit for this too, right? Like, I'm guessing, yeah. I'm yeah. guessing the, the, like the, t the bosses probably didn't come and like throw the devs in the fire, but they probably threw your manager in the fire like, yeah. what yeah. are yeah. you doing? Yes. Um, oh, man. He, he took so much for us. Um, oh. So Simon Young was the guy that hired me at Trade Me. He was the guy that um, kicked off this whole project. Huh. Um, he's now the CTO, CPTO. Oh. Oh, so um, I think he got the recognition for pulling us through a pretty brutal All right. project. But so this guy's, this guy's going bald because of you. Yep. And then what? Yep. So you're in your own part of the building. Yep. You pulled in your, part, your business partners. Yep. Um, and like I quickly said, we brought in Thomas Belson. So um, he was working with ThoughtRam at this point in time. Um, teach us how to do Angular. It wasn't so much that. It was actually that he was going to come help teach the rest of our teams to do Angular. Okay. Um, and <laughs> surprise, surprise, with a project like this, we missed the deadline <laughs> for we and the teams were going to be training. And so instead of canceling Thomas, we said, hey, come sit in the room with us for a week. Let's talk about Angular. Let's show you what we've got. Let's get some external validation. Let's use your pull to get some more buyback around the company that we actually know what we're doing. Yeah. And so we sat in a room for a week with Thomas um, and we just nerded and out. Thomas is smart, man. Oh, yeah. Thomas is wicked sharp. Yep. So Thomas at this point was, um, you know, uh, running the Angular Masterclass for ThoughtRam around the world. He had been the tech lead on Angular JS material, I believe. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, he was doing Angular Flex layout. So yeah. he was he was all up in the stuff that we were caring about. And so we sat in the room, we talked him through Tangram, we showed him how where our Angular 2 
um, at that point components were going because that's where we started. We started the rebuild with our components, right? Which makes a lot of sense, I think. Um, we we showed him. We I remember sitting in a room with him and figuring out how we were going to do um, do our input in our input container um, and just nutting that out together. We we split into two groups and we built two different versions and then we came back and kind of compared them, um, oh. which was a really cool way for me to work. That was um, cool. And so we, we built up this relationship with Thomas um, and he basically got up in front of our company and said, hey, these, these, this team knows what they're doing. They're, build, mm. they're building a good thing here. Um, mm. And so that brought us a bit of a bit of love back, a bit of time, Got a bit of trust. Yeah. yeah. And so we we kept going. Um, we we kept building. Uh, we rebuilt all the things that we built in Angular JS. Um, we didn't do an upgrade. And this is this is a crucial thing for me. Um, with the, the organizational culture that Trade Me had at that point in time, I don't know how much it's still true, but if we had started putting Angular on top of AngularJS, yes. we never would have got rid of AngularJS. Yeah. Um, and that for us, the, like we were, we were running for performance, right? And the idea of shipping all of AngularJS and, and all of Angular um, for a mobile site. Scary. Scary. Never, yeah. never going to be able to pull. I mean, my, I didn't think I would ever be able to pull that up. Um, and so organizationally, we said, look, um, we, we called it an uplift, which I think was one of our more um, enlightened um, political decisions. But it was a rebuild. Huh. It was a total rewrite. Huh. Um, and it's not. It's not a rewrite. It's an uplift. It's an uplift. It's yeah. it's like a rewrite. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like an upgrade, but different. Exactly. <laughs> and so, because one of the bits of feedback that we've been getting from our users, um, so trade me the classic trade me site is this this really distinctive yellow, right? And we'd actually toned down a bunch of the yellow. We'd, um, you know, it, was, it, was, it was quite great, to be, to be quite honest. It, wasn't, it didn't really have our brand looking deal. And so at this point in time, we'd done a, a big rebrand. Um, we had really identified that the trade me kind of essence. And we took that and we instilled it into our component library. And so as we were building these features again in Angular 2 um, at the point in time, um, they started just really feeling like trade me. So that was when it started started getting a bit more momentum, right? We could mm. we had these kind of big, bold, long distance visions of this stuff, and actually it started mm. kind of coming to life. Mm. And again, that gets people a bit more excited. And yeah, like yeah, board. yeah, yeah. Um, still a lot of political hurdles to get over. A lot of love to buy back around the company. A lot of talking to people and sharing what we'd learned. Um, mm. And and so fast forward a bit, and we ship it. We ship. We ship. Basically, uh, uh, one day it was an Angular JS version, and then the next day it was a like for like um, Angular version. Um, looked identical to the Angular JS. Looked identical to the Angular JS, but, but it was just so much faster. Fast. So much faster, you know. Um, and then, did, 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 like, did you ask for feedback from your users again? Yeah. So most of them, most of them didn't really know there'd been any change. Right? Yeah. So we just kept kept rolling that out, kept getting feedback. Um, we had some actual benchmarks and stuff that we're trying to achieve this time, right? So we had metrics from around the company of what were important for us to hit in terms of, you know, people viewing stuff, people buying stuff, people selling stuff, um, but also performance metrics. You know, we, we said it had to be faster than, than the touch site. And to be fair, like, you know, numbers are numbers. You can clutch them and make them look a certain way, but it was, it was comparable. It was, it was as good an experience, um, I think. And actually in terms of what it offered us as potential for building an application, light years ahead of, of what we ever could have done with the old site. And you had one site that was running the desktop and web, like desk, mobile desktop, mobile web. 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's, so, and that's huge. So at this point, we were responsive. We had this responsive site. Um, the, the designs for the bigger breakpoints weren't finalized. Um, they're still being worked on now, I believe. Yeah. Um, but it could be responsive. And that was that was a huge thing. Yeah. And, and some of the stuff we'd learned around responsive design and um, how to actually build things in that way, um, huh. that was really important. That is so, a, that's interesting. And so fast forward a little bit further, we have a site out to, to some real people. Um, we had Angular Universal up and running because SEO is really important for, for a content site like we had. Um, we had this whole new stack at this point because we were finally running on, you know, Kubernetes and containers. Um, we had whole new designs. We had a radically, radically different website. Um, but we also had a very different culture about how to... Um, how to build front ends. And one of my biggest kind of realizations from this was how much we had undersold the complexity of building a good user interface, right? Like, yeah, you um, just been like, no, we can do this. Yeah, yeah, we can do this. Totally. It's anyone could do it. This is easy. Exactly. You hadn't sold it for yeah. And so the problem really is. Exactly. And so there's two sides to that, right? Like there's us who have made something that we like we built some really smart abstractions. Like, um, you know, we had some of the some of the ghost stuff that Thomas has talked about that, that came from some work we did with him where like we had this async abstraction that meant we could do really cool lazy states, like loading states and error states and that kind of stuff. Um, we had this component library um, that was really helping us build stuff fast. We had um, we had this testing, um, all this testing helper stuff that was really helping us make sure that the software that we were building was doing what we wanted to do. Um, and we'd taken these really hard problems and made them almost easy. And what we had sold to the rest of our company was that it was going to be easy. And so you had us saying, this really, really hard thing is going to be almost easy. Yeah. And you had the rest of the company who didn't necessarily understand the problem that is building a responsive, fast, um, interactive. Packed, feature packed. Feature, feature packed. Right. Can't just be lightweight no, yeah. responsive. Right. It's gotta be feature packed responsive. Yeah. A really, building a front end like that is a very hard engineering problem. It's yeah. a whole bunch of different problems. And so they, the stuff that they thought was easy, we'd made it almost easy. Mm. And so there's a big piece of work that was about taking that complexity and that idea that it should be simple and kind of smushing that in the middle somewhere. And so that's actually what became mostly my role. Um, so I became this kind of friend evangelist. Um, I got to fly around our country with a few of our other developers, tested designers, and we just sold the good word. We explained some of these problems. Um, to the other people at TradeMe? Yeah. So by this point, we were kind of, um, we, we ramped up. So we went from kind of three teams in our part of the office building this stuff to, you know, few more teams in Wellington. We got Thomas out again. He finally delivered the training, but with us in the room teaching as well, mm. which was really good for building up our reputation within, mm. within the other developers. Then we did that in Auckland, um, and then we did it again. And then by the time we had 20 teams working on this stuff, um, people had an understanding for the complexities. Um, the company had a buy-in for the problems that we were trying to solve. Um, we knew it wasn't perfect. So at the time that I left, we were still struggling with um, some of the performance on some of our pages. So we had some really heavy, heavy, very interactive pages, for example, um, you know, showing off property, you know, there can be lots of pictures, lots of dynamic stuff, hard to get fast. Yeah. Um, but also the build times, you know, because we were 
doing all this testing and verification that things were working well, that has a, has the build a time, big, yeah. right? So we yeah. were looking at, you know, I think over 20 minute builds, which for me personally, I think that's fine. Like if you can get to a CI environment where that's what the situation is, that could be fine. But for the other teams who are coming from, you know, several minute builds, that's a chasm that is too wide to cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, so again, you know, we, we started leaning on the Angular team, started looking at some Bazel stuff, seeing if that could solve the problem. And that was pretty much where I left TradeMe. So I don't really know what the end of the story has. I just know that it was tending in a really good direction. Oh, that's good. That's interesting. And somewhere along that way, um, I learned a bunch about Angular um, <laughs> and was lucky enough, you know, TradeMe paid for us to go to kind of a conference each year. I went to an Angular Connect and then I went to an ng-conf. I met, you know, people like Thomas. Um, again, he introduced me to the whole ng family. Yeah. Um, next thing you know, I'm talking at Angular Connect, um, sharing how we did Universal um, and, you know, meeting a whole bunch of really smart, really cool people and just who care about front end, um, who understand some of the problems that we have and, and have come up with some cool ways to solve them. Um, and so... For me, that's been the best part of, I guess, my my Angular kind of trip is that I've got to meet people like Frosty. I've got to meet people like Shy and Bonnie and all these amazing people from all over the world who um who have just welcomed me and been really really kind, um, which is to me the cool part about Angular. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Bill Odom said it. Bill Odom says the best part of Angular isn't Angular; it's the community. Totally. Or no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. He says the second best thing about Angular is Angular. Yeah. And the, the best thing is the community. That's what he says. And let's be real. Like, Angular's not going to be around forever. React's not going to be around forever. Yeah. But I'm going to be friends with some of these people for a long time, I hope. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. That, that's a really cool bit. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, cool. Uh, you guys, you should uh, you should follow Craig on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Phenomenal. Uh, oh, yeah. Phenomenal. It's, it's spelled just like it sounds. And it, even though it sounds funny, it actually is spelled just like that. Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, got, I got a chance. I went, we went to Israel uh, almost two months ago. Yeah. And um, we didn't know each other before we got there. But you waited for me. Yeah. The airport. The airport. Yeah. Yeah. We Ubered together. And then... Um, we went on, a, we, we did a tour of the country basically yeah. together. Hung out with Shai and Yuri and got to see the Syrian border. Yeah, we went up to, we drove to Syria, yeah. which neither of us knew was happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we found, Shai took us to this waterfall and it was freezing, but it was beautiful. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and then when we both spoke, spoke at Angular Up as well. Which yeah. Was, which is a really good time. Fun. Yeah, so you should you should follow him. He's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> we I basically got a, a chance to spend three days laughing with him. This guy in Shia for three days, it's pretty it's pretty comical. And Uri, Uri Shaked is also yeah, we had a good time. He's pretty fantastic. Yeah. If you if you get a chance to go to Angular Up, I definitely recommend that conference. It was a really good time. Yeah, I had I had a blast in Angular Up. I, I definitely hope we get to go next year. All right, well, uh, let's move on to picks. Um so I've I've got a pick. Hold on, I had a pick. You did. What, did I say what it was? Because I've done so many of these. I've done three of these podcasts today already. Um, oh yeah. My pick, Mike. Oh, uh, my pick is. Um, I learned of this in Israel actually. Mike Hardington, the dude, the Ionic guy. That's who you're. You're like, is the Ionic guy? Yeah, the Ionic guy. He does just an absolutely. Apparently he does this for multiple people, but he does a fantastic Rob Wormald impersonation. Yeah, and I mean, it's to the point where when I saw it, I realized, oh yeah, Rob is 
Rob does talk like that. Like I never realized Rob has like these distinct patterns about the way he talks and teaches and mentors. But then I see I see Hardington doing it, and I'm just, I'm done. I'm laughing because he looked he looked and sounded just like Rob Borwald. So anyway, I'm gonna pick Mike Hardington and his impersonations, specifically the Rob Borwald impersonations. And your pick? Um, so my pick is an Angular library. Um, so if you know Dominic Elm, um, he's been working and getting you know a bit of feedback from a lot of people about this new thing he's got called ngx template streams um it's a pretty cool idea for taking standard dom events and, and wrapping them in observables without without having to kind of wire it up all yourself there's just a, a nice little bit of syntax that you change and it, it's pretty cool and i think you should check it out i think you'll like it ngx build templates NJ, ngx template streams template streams yeah. ngx template streams yeah. streams 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 yeah. ngx template streams yes well accents dominic dude he's wicked sharp he's so great no he's he's so kind as well he's been working with hero devs for the last few weeks oh really yeah he's super awesome. smart he's a, he's a smart dude um I'm, I'm glad you picked that. Um, all right. Well, anyone, if you want to reach out and have a, a good chat with uh, with a funny guy, reach out to Phenomenal on Twitter. And um, Craig, thanks for coming. Thanks for having you, me. You can eat your salad now. Salad. Yeah. Right. And to everyone listening, we'll say thanks, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.